guys with speed, what a difference it makes. You know, when you can get the personnel you want, sure. now you can go out and execute what you want. How was you know our, our beginning was at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, and I enjoyed you know listening to you teach and coach, which there, it's two different things, uh, and passing on you know your knowledge from your experiences uh, in the NFL. Um, you were at the LA team uh, with uh, the XFL. I was up in Seattle with the Seattle Dragons. What was your experience like with the XFL? The XFL was really you know it was it was a great opportunity for me because. You know, I'm from Southern California. I grew up in Carson. I just went into the Carson City Sports Hall of Fame, and that was in last November. And so when XFL came, I had an offer from St. Louis, uh, and and Jonathan was, was on me. Come on, Mike, you're going to come. And, and, I, and Winston Moss had just hadn't even been named the head coach, but I heard he was going to be, and I reached out to him. You know the game of, you know, trying to get a job. Sure. You know, you take the, take one, you don't wait on it. And I actually waited on Winston to finally pull the trigger because I had never met Winston Moss. But anyway, but the XFL was really a refreshing new league that, you know, for me, I always go back to when I came in the league. And it's, it's the opportunity for young men who still have that, that fire and that desire to play on, on to play, continue playing sports. The four years of college eligibility is up, you know, and here we are with the XFL, which I thought was a, was a great, league a great experience you know we'll get into the pandemic and that affected all of sports in america and around the world but it was a it was a it was it was really fascinating to develop from from scratch you know talent and try to develop it with guys who have never been with each other you know normally in football you have a couple of guys who play with each other or the team has been around you got veterans you bring but it was just a all new fresh just like your experience up in seattle but um you know i was i was I enjoyed it, and I, and I was just so happy to see the kids have success on, on Saturday or Thursday or Sunday whenever we played. You know, for me, the one thing I learned from being a player, you know, I've had my moments. So I'm, I'm coaching to make my players be the best and try to develop them to be better than they thought they could be. And, and, and I remember uh, watching players this year, uh, you know, not to get into names, but, you know, they went out on, on game day and, and executed, but they, they were listening and, do, and executing the details. And once we got our chemistry between the quarterbacks and receivers, you know, we we would have had, a, I felt like, a real good last second half of the season. But unfortunately, it got cut short. But uh, I enjoyed it. It was really it was really uh, fun to watch kids develop and learn a system and then build the confidence in themselves and see them go out and play. Yeah, we made the conversion to B.J. Daniels, more of a dual-threat quarterback with the Seattle Dragons. We felt the same way you just did on, on your team. Is The second half of the season, we would have been a lot better. Our defense was strong. Uh, we were yeah. we were missing things on offense. We were sputtering. Um, it showed mm-hmm. flashes, but not finishes. And and so we thought we thought that the second half of the season was going to, uh, going to help us as well. But you mentioned it. Uh, COVID-19, the NFL versus COVID-19. They had a deadline today uh, of players opting out. Um, I ask you, I've asked uh, several other uh, former players I've had on the show, would would you opt out uh, in this situation? You know, you know, and I've, I've, I've thought about that. In fact, the, the opt out actually was three minutes ago. So the East Coast was four and on the West Coast was one, Correct. if I'm hearing it correctly. Yes. And uh, so I'm sure you can look at your, your, your phone now while we're talking. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'll go a little deeper. 
you know, for players who opted out with the NFL this year, just to stay on that moment, you know, if you're at risk, you know, you still could get paid. I think it was three fifty, not the money is the issue. And if you were at no risk, you get one fifty if you right. opted out. Yes. For me, uh, I think about my career and and my kids. Uh, I love the game. I, I had passion for it. But as you look around, and I will I will quote, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin today or last this past week, saying, you know, he is it's extreme. You know, he's extremely skeptical because if baseball is getting you know players with the coronavirus. Uh, you can only imagine with football. I mean, there are 10 guys piled up on each other, you know, sweating, breathing on each other. So it, it, it's challenging. It's going to be, unless you can have everybody uh, come in, you know, free and you put them in a bubble and, and contain them like the NBA is trying to do, you might have a chance. Uh, I would probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 60 years old now, so I'm, I'm here to tell you, I, back in that, back when I was 20, 25, 26, Probably would would still think I'm can survive anything and do it. I think now I would I would really have to weigh: is this going to affect my kids and my family? Yes. Uh, so I, you know, it, it's still you, you're torn and you sit there and you think about it. And I respect every man's decision because you got to do what's best for you. Uh, you would hope, you know, if you are you know with a ten year career for me and I'm in my fourth year, if I said okay, I'm a pass, I still got another five years to play. And maybe there's a vaccine out there that, that will just solve everybody's problem. So it's a, it's a tough call. You know, I probably would, in 11th hour, looking at it and seeing where, you know, they've already had like uh, 72, and I, I don't know what the latest count between the NFL of guys who con- contracted it. You know, I think it's just, unfortunately, it, it, it's, it's a tough time right now. I would probably, probably opt out, but I, that would be an 11th hour thing, and it would have to be based on, I think a lot of young men will base it on, you know, can they afford to sit out a year? Can I, or do I want to go make whatever money I can? I mean, sometimes that's a financial decision. And, you know, and, and at that young age, if you get it, you might not, you know, it won't threaten your life. You know, I, I'm at my age, you know, I'm, I'm older, uh, you know, it's a whole different thing. So, you know, that's a tough call for those young men. I'm not sure. I haven't read a lot on it. If they're relying on their agents or for them, uh, but the league, I think, will, will will drive that ship and make the right decision. Yeah, let's hope so. so. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I would probably opt out, um, you know, uh, as I look at but it that's now. But that's wisdom and knowledge, though. That's yeah, that's and what knowledge. I'm saying. And, and you mentioned it. I'm 60 now, so I'm looking at it a little different. Uh, you know, I if you flip your hat around, now you're a coach and, and I'm a vice president. And now I'm trying to <laughs> talk players into not opting out. I mean, what's right. that? What's that conversation like? I mean, you know, yeah. you you've yeah. got some of the best best uh, athletes in the world, and you're trying and you're trying to make a run for a Super Bowl. How do how do you? What's the conversation to those guys to to not opt out? You know, I think that's where you. Uh, you know, I've always had. I, I, I never admit it. I, you know, there is the coaching hat, and then I'm your mentor. I'm here to you know help you from what I've experienced. So it's, that's a tough call. I mean, you got to, a lot of guys will say, you know, and I think this is not the same, but when you look at it in comparison, it's like, okay, do I want my son to play football with, with the chance of a concussion? You know, yes. there's a chance you're getting Corona, you know, and you look at it and uh, not Corona, I'm sorry, yeah, it's coronavirus. Yeah. And so you kind of got to look at it. And so, uh, you know, age is a factor. As, and so I really would tell, the, you know, the kid to, you know, I'm not going to twist your arm and force you to do something you don't want to do. I, you know, I've always treated 
athletes, especially once you get on a pro level, you're a grown man. You know, you got to make decisions for yourself. I'm here to, to help you. And, and if you ask me, I'll tell you the truth. But, you know, I think as a football coach and, and the season's going, you want your players to be there. You're not going to say, hey, man, if I was you guys, all you guys shouldn't play. You know, you, you don't have any receivers. So you really kind of seeing what they want. And knowing athletes as a coach and as a mentor, a lot of those guys feel like they're invincible. They run through a brick wall and they're going to come and play anyway when you start getting into that age group. Yes. I do know that when we were about to play you guys uh, going into week six of the XFL, a couple of my players said that they – and Seattle had a few guys I think had, they thought had tested positive. They were saying they weren't going to go. So, you know, that's kind of – even though that's really early in this in this situation we're dealing with, I had, I had three players – you know, saying they weren't going to go up to Seattle and play. So that kind of gives you a, an, a a template of there were probably three or four who said they weren't. The rest of the team was, was on the plane ready to roll. So, I mean, I think that's a kind of a reflective without them knowing the the, the magnitude of what this has turned out to be. You know, if we had to make that decision now, it would probably be a, a no-brainer. But even going back to then, Tony, when we were about to play Seattle, you know, we had a few players. We had a team meeting, and they were like some guys that they were they weren't going to go because they were concerned about their family and their kids. And I and I got to respect that. Yeah, you, you, but I would, you know, yeah, you got to res- you got to respect that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the thing about the coronavirus. See, I've always been pro player, even though I've been mm-hmm. I was in the front office. I got yeah. I get the fact because having played the game, uh, you know, having coached the game, and and now was it in the front office uh, executive. Um, pro player was the way it is. I understood who the product was. Without without the player, the product, we had no no game. And so exactly. taking care of those guys um, was uh, was uh, was very very important, yeah. not only to the game but to to them to the player and their families. And so this yeah. is this is a tough call, man. For and yeah. I I don't uh, you know get down on the players that are bowing out. Uh, I know there's going to be it's just natural. There's going to be some backlash. You know, even though they yeah. say there's not, yeah. you know, their contracts will toll till 220 or till 21, 2021, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there, there's going to be a little bit of a, a lick coming back at them uh, when they come back into that building. Yeah, you know, and athletes get torn. I mean, I remember, you know, in my career, strike seasons, and there was guys who crossed the line and played in the couple of games, and you're looking at them like, whoa, you know. So, uh, you know, there's going to be pressure to – to play and then there's going to be the mom and the grandma and, and the wife or girlfriend saying, don't risk it. You know, let's just wait till next year, you know, but it, it, it's eventually it comes down and agents got to say so, but it, it is, a, it is a tough predicament to be in. And so once again, I would hope that a young man, which is not the case right now, the league will make a decision. And so you're not coming in and dividing the team and half the guys are in, half the guys are out. And, and hopefully that doesn't build any resentment or remorse and, and guys when they do come back saying, Hey man, you know, you didn't, you let us down. Cause I know that feeling too now. So yeah, yeah. it is a lot of, a lot of mental gymnastics bouncing through an athlete's head. Who's, you know, has gotten himself in a great shape and you know, that career, that window's only so long and they want to go play. They want to go and show their talents. Now they might not have them next year, but at the same time, you know, so I'm hoping that the league does the right thing. And, and, and uh, and the players will follow. 
Mike, that is the sounder for Pylon and Sticks <laughs> Hot Seat, my man. And you're first time guest on the show, and you'll be back several times. Uh, but uh, that is a uh, we play a little game with our guest. I should say I play a little game with our guest uh, of question okay. and answer. It's uh, it's okay. harmless, and uh, I know this is right up your alley. So here we go. Okay, and only got go. only got two for you. You know, it's easy. It's easy. okay. Uh, will the San Francisco 49ers win the NFC this year? Yes. I think Seattle's right there on the hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and, and who knows what is going to come out of, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking, who am I thinking on? Arizona, Arizona or the Rams? The Rams, the Rams in Arizona. I mean, you're talking about that division. I, I, I'm not sure what Arizona's rising. The Niners are, I mean, the Rams are, are descending a little bit yes. from, based on what I saw last year. Yeah, and they lost Gurley. Um, they've lost some defensive power. They still have Aaron Donald, but there's some things yeah. going on there. Uh, I like Arizona. Uh, I like uh, the quarterback. He he's uh, he's an energetic. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, so and they've got some you know more I pieces. drafted uh, not to cut you off, but I mean I drafted Larry Fitzgerald way back when when he was coming out of Pittsburgh, yeah, and, and so I had the ability to teach him. And I remember a, a quick Larry Fitzgerald story. Yeah. Uh, he called me and, 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 and I said, Larry, here's the deal, man. You know, people are saying, you know, you've been around for 14 years. You should give it up. I said, you need to look at the stats in this league and how you feel. If you feel like you're still productive and you're as good as the, you know, as, 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 as good as 90 guys in the league, why shouldn't you play? I mean, you have, you know, obviously you've proven everything. You got hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, but if you want to play, continue to play. And uh, so obviously he's going to give it one more year. I have not heard if he's said this is last year yet. No. It's been kind of, you know, information, yeah. But, you know, he, he was fortunate enough to get a, buy a piece of the uh, Phoenix Suns, and maybe he will, you know, transition a little bit easier into, you know, front office work. That's basketball, but, you know, a, a, he's, uh, he's had a great career. Yeah, very sharp young man. Had the opportunity to meet his dad when I was working for ESPN. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he is, he's very sharp. I remember him coming out of the university of Pittsburgh as well. Uh, very, very astute player. Um, I didn't think he was the fastest guy, but you're talking about route yeah. running skills, um, yeah. you know, setting guys up, going the opposite direction. I mean, he, he understood it. I mean, he was fast enough, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but, yeah. uh, his, his hands and catching the ball and body oh, position and unbelievable. Yeah. It's just, yeah. he's, he's, you know, of, and I, I, had, I had the luxury, I had the luxury of drafting him. And, and I tell you what, now this is where, you know, people who just watch the game don't really get it. I had Anquan Bowden and then Brian Johnson. Oh, wow. And I remember we drafted, we drafted Larry and Denny green head coach. You know, he had connection. He knew his dad. He was, you know, he, he just was from Pennsylvania. And so he had a, he had a bias toward Larry even though I remember being in a staff meeting and that's the beauty of, you know, I felt like I knew talent and I could critique it. And I used to tell Denny and Quans, you know, right now about 95%, he's, he's rolling and Larry's at 75. So Anquan's got the edge on him and he, Denny refused to, to, to hear that from me. And as the season progressed and in the next year, you know, Larry was going to eventually pass Anquan mm-hmm. and obviously is still playing, but that side of the game was Larry, and if you don't mind me taking a second to tell about no. Larry, Larry Fitzgerald was, a, was, a, was an athlete who was as raw as raw, you know, and you can understand it from a, from a coach's perspective, but from the, 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 the typical fan, Hey, here's a great player from Pittsburgh. But when Larry showed up, stood straight up, he played at six, four, you know, his technique, 
was was need to, he worked on it. And so I remember his first time he finally came and uh, and I said, Larry, we sat down and we talked. I said, hey, man, you got to understand one thing. And this is the truth of the NFL. You're not just any player. You're the third player taken in the first round. There's expectations on you, but don't let that get in your way of you working to be the best. But understand, when we go on the field to practice, because Larry, you know Larry, he was very gregarious, happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yes. you're just having a good time. I say, when we cross those lines, it's time to work. Mm-hmm. I need you to work. And uh, and and then to look at the flip side, he was very fortunate. And, and you know, him and Anquan had that same competitive thing that Joe and Steve had or with Jerry and John Taylor. They weren't the best of friends. They got along. You know, they support each other on game day. But they were competitive, and they always wanted to be successful. But Anquan Bolden was his, one of the smartest football players I've ever coached as a wide receiver. He, I could install and didn't have to practice, go play Sunday. He knew it. Larry, you know, we would install, we walk through, we practice, game day, a Pro Bowl player. So, you know, my point in, in, in even making that comment was they're both were Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers, hopefully for Anquan. I know Larry for sure. But, you know, everybody – works to game day and on game day both those guys were i, I take them you know any day they were they were uh all pro players but the point is as a coach you got to realize that every kid's a little different and you gotta you gotta help them be the best they can be and like i said i only had larry for three years and i was gone Anquan went on to go to san francisco baltimore uh he went to another team but buffalo i think but still you know two great athletes two future hall of famers but had a different level of, of, of learning the system, practicing, but on game day, you know, they, you let them play. And that's exactly what they did. And so I'm happy for Larry, and, and hopefully uh, he'll have a good season this year. Yeah, the, both those guys are uh, future Hall of Famers, no doubt about it. Second question, man, and I'll get you out the, get you off the hot seat. Uh, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm loving this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, starting uh, – you're starting an NFL franchise. You're, you're an, uh, you know, you're the general manager. You've got your quarterback already. Um, and uh, you've got your, you know, your left tackle. You've got your pass rusher, your middle linebacker. Now it's time to get a wide receiver outside the numbers. Wow. Okay. And, yes. And, and these are the guys you get to choose from. All right. And then there's okay. plenty of other guys. We just talked about two you'd probably pick as well, but – Let's go off these guys. Oh, you here. go, you go, you going in history now, not just yeah, the current yeah. players. This yeah, is a, this is, okay. and, and you're you're familiar with most of these guys, if not okay. all of them. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, T.O., or Steve Largent. Who would be your wide receiver to get outside the numbers for you as a general manager? You know, I I mean, if you look at careers and uh, execution stats. I mean, Randy Moss is, is a game changer and is, and is, and is prime, you know, and, and I, and I heard that from Denny Green and, and unfortunately I'm familiar with, you know, he coached him. I thought Randy was, was pretty amazing when it just came to being that dynamic game maker. I mean, you know, playmaker, uh, can I keep going on that? Yeah, you can keep going. Okay. And then, then you know, as far as the, the bell cow, the guy who can do it all. And I know they played on the same team, T.O. and Jerry. Yes. I tell you, I will tell you, I, I'll take Jerry Rice because, you know, I don't think I ever saw Jerry miss a practice. Mm-hmm. Jerry hurt his knee one time we played Chicago Monday Night Football. You know, the guy was tough as nails. Uh, you know, just had a work ethic that was phenomenal. Uh, T.O. Was, was obviously just a, a talented player. 
I, I think he was, uh, and this is my personal observ- observation, might have been challenging as he got into it. Once he found he was good and had success, I think a, a different T.O., but was was as talented as any guy. Steve Largent, I used to admire Steve. I was up at Washington State, used to watch him play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just watch him and, you know, your head coach with, in Seattle, Jim Zorn, you know, they had a, a – amazing chemistry yes and just made the plays i mean you know he, he was a, he was and i hate to say this because i know it's not everybody's an overachiever everybody is but he 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 was uh pretty consistent on day went on played and, and made plays and you know and i think i was biased because i was definitely up in the great palouse and state of washington and got a chance to watch most of his career in the seattle seahawks run all the time but um you know i think as i now, to summarize that, you know, when I look at, you know, performance, you know, Jerry, you can't knock with the stats and, and, and his longevity. Right. Uh, but Randy was, uh, you know, when you look at a, a, a certain part of his career, pretty pretty awesome, pretty amazing, and could just run by people. And, and I believe as an offense, you want a guy who can stretch the field that will definitely let your run game be successful. Mm-hmm. But as overall, to just encompass it all, and I'm very biased. I'd be the first to tell you, love the guy, and I'll be on a conference call with him tomorrow. You know, Jerry Rice was was pretty amazing, and uh, it still swears he can play right now, which you know he, he probably could, <laughs> but he get knocked out. Right, right. But, uh, but that's but that's that's all four of those you you can win with. Let me just put it that way. You would want all those guys on your on your team, and you know, for me, you know, the game is about the mental game, and and you want guys who come in with the right attitude. I remember, and if you don't mind me expanding this, I was a coach with the Raiders, coaching the wide receivers with the Raiders, and I take that back. I was with Arizona Cardinals with Danny Green, and he obviously had Randy Moss uh, at one time mm-hmm. in Minnesota, and I remember watching tape, and, and Randy, and, and I'm saying this respectfully because he's a Hall of Famer and everything, you know, I could watch the tape, and, was, and I had Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden, and, he be, and I said, can this guy come in and be the right mentor for these three young guys, Brian Johnson was the first round pick from Penn State, who was oh, yeah, I remember. you know just overshadowed overshadowed by Bolden and Fitzgerald. But you know, and, and not to go back to, and that, like I said, I don't use them toot my own horn, but you know, and Larry, one year, one year, Larry had 105 catches, Anquan had 104. They both had 1400, and nobody knew Brian Johnson had 69 catches for almost 800 yards. So that was a very productive year for us as a Cardinal receiving crew. But I said, can Randy Moss come in? and help these guys. What is his mentality? And that's where, you know, you want a veteran to come in with the leadership skills that will make you guys better. You know, not not come in and teach them how to be cool and, and you know, take plays off. I'm not saying that, but you know what I'm saying, Tony. Absolutely. You know, so you got to, you got to, you know, so I, I told Denny, you know, Denny, maybe not, and he went to New England and set the world on fire. Sure he did. You know, so, you know, so it was one of those situations, but, uh, with that being said, now if you have a Steve, you have a uh, a, a, a Rice, you know I, I really know To, but I didn't know what his work ethic was on game day. So I, I just know his off the field antics and you know touchdown celebrations. So I'm, I'm kind of I know he's very good productive, but I really don't know the guy. Like I studied the film with you know Moss and, and playing with Jerry, and I saw Steve play. So, but no, those four guys you can all always uh, it's a good start. 
Yeah, no, that's good. That I like the way you broke that down for all four of those guys, and I think you hit them right on the head. Mike, it's mm-hmm. it's been great having you on the show, man. I got to have you back, um, and uh, hopefully you'll join us here uh, down the road, man. Sounds good, man. It, it was my pleasure, and, and, and best success with the show, and thanks. Good talk to you, Tony. I appreciate you, brother. You're listening to uh, right, Mike Wilson, wide receiver uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, um, you know, a 10-year uh, club guy there for the 49ers, played under Bill Walsh, and uh, that was uh, that was a good time uh, talking to Mike. And, again, we'll definitely get him on soon. Sounds That'll good. Thank you, buddy. Another show on Pylon and Sticks. I'm Tony Softly. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitter, at Pylon and Sticks, and also Instagram, Pylon and Sticks. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe.